Welcome to Parenting Today's Teens, a daily podcast that provides stories, insights, and wisdom to help you gain a deeper relationship with your teen. On today's episode, Mark Gregston and Wayne Shepard talk about the types of parents that kids hate. This sounds pretty interesting. Let's listen in. I spend so much time with kids, and I hear their comments. You've heard it and all, what they, you? <laughs> Yeah, and what they say about their parents, that it makes me look at parents and say, you know what, you can learn some things from this. Most of the time people say, well, it's almost like you're saying that we're, we're wrong, we're doing something wrong. And I'm going, you know what, we all do something wrong. <laughs> but there's characteristics that we have, there's habits that we have that drive our kids crazy, and sometimes we don't even know those things. I think we don't know of some of the things that are causing destruction within our relationships within a family because we just don't know. These are those things in Psalm 139 that says, Lord, search me, know my heart, (laughs) and see if there is any wicked way in me. These are some of those ways because they're interpreted by kids who want something different but feel like they're not getting it from mom and dad. So we're not talking about the superficial things here today. We're talking about the types of behaviors that parents uh, get into that really destroy their teen's spirit, for instance? That's right, and could cause the child to rebel. Okay. I mean, usually a child rebels because they're not getting something that they want. And, and just because they want something doesn't mean that it's bad. How they go about it may not be the best thing. Well, maybe we'll find a little of all of us in this program. Oh, I'm sure we will. Today, <laughs> We're going to talk about types of parents that kids hate. Mark, this is a hard topic for us today in particular because we were perfect dads when That's our right. kids were growing up. They couldn't have possibly disliked anything that we did. Yeah, keep being delusional. <laughs> keep being delusional, Wayne. I mean, I, you know, it's, it is funny to me that once you get to a certain age, you begin to realize it's okay to be imperfect. <laughs> but there's something about having teens that you want to get it perfect and mm-hmm. have it right. You know, during my kids' teen years, I joked all the time, and uh, and it got where they hated it because I'd always make a crack about something at a time that was just inappropriate. Oh, Dad! And, yeah, and they and I go, what, what? And and I mean, but it really bothered them. There were other times that I would just ignore conflict. I thought that that conflict meant that you were imperfect, and we needed to have a perfect family, so we were just going to ignore it. You know, the other thing I did was I, I felt like everything needed to be in order and needed to be clean all the time. And Guilty and, as charged. Oh, I mean, I would drive my kids crazy enough <laughs> to the point that I almost lost my relationship with my son because yeah. I was so bent on making sure that every room in the house was clean. Including his. That's right, that I was losing the relationship. Hmm. Now, the reason I share those things is that if you're listening— I am sure it's because you're an imperfect parent because perfect parents don't need programs like ours. <laughs> but if you're imperfect, there's something about embracing the imperfection and, and trying to say, you know what, are there arenas and areas of my life that I can change to make my relationship with my child better and prevent them from having to be rebellious to prove to me that they are going to gain control of their life. You know, isn't it true that week after week we talk about parenting teens and seeing teens change? It's more often than not that the parents need to change. It really is, you know, because, and and I say this, because parents have the ability to change the atmosphere of their home. You know, I can tell you, parents, all the things you're doing right, 
but that's not going to help you any. I mean, and, and parents come to me all the time and they say, Mark, don't tell me what's right. Tell me what I'm doing wrong. Tell me what I need to learn. Tell me how I can do some things better. And so that's where I spend my time. But, but the motive is always, always to help these kids and their parents to have a better relationship. Mm-hmm. And you know what? The only thing that I can change are those things about myself. That's true. And so I can tell you all the things need to change in your kids. But until you make that change and see the log in your own eye rather than the speck in your kid's eye, it's not going to happen. And so that's where I spend more time saying, parents, let us step up to the plate and make some changes and take the lead. All right. I think it would be helpful if we identify. Now, the list is inexhaustible, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. it could go on and on and on. But let's let's put our finger on some of those uh, behaviors that parents uh, kind of fall Absolutely. into. That, that Absolutely. That kids grow to hate, and it, it really is destructive in their life. That's right. It's the hovering helicopter would be one of them. <laughs> okay. These are overprotective moms and dads who steal their teen's chance to mature and gain responsibility. Here, let me make that decision for you. That's right. Always making decisions, always giving the right answer, always doing everything for them. They never have to assume responsibility. So as a result, they never mature. And kids want to mature. If you want to uh, cut your child down, tell them they're immature. But the problem is that we are causing that arena that keeps them from maturity because we're always doing everything for them. And kids begin to respond in a negative way and they go, wait a minute, I want to do some of these things. And so they begin to rebel against some very well-intentioned parents. When we step in and rob them of responsibility, we're really robbing them of the consequence so they learn from the consequence. That's right. And so we can't sit back and say, why are my kids struggling? Well, they may be struggling because I haven't taught them to be responsible. I haven't allowed them to mature. And on top of that, it's cloaked in this idea that I, that it's all done with the greatest of intent. Uh, there's nothing wrong with the relationship, but there is something about pushing my child and helping prepare them that our kids want and need desperately. If you're a parent of a teen, you know that today's teenagers live in a different world than the one you were raised in. That means your style of parenting needs to be very different too. Too many parents parent their teens with principles that come across as authoritarian or judgmental, and such styles just aren't effective anymore. There is a better way, one that helps parents and their teens thrive together in today's culture. In the nine-week video course, Tough Guys and Drama Queens, Mark Gregston will give you a new vision of the sort of role they could play in the life of their teens and help them understand the world through the eyes of their children. This course comes with a facilitator's book, a copy of Mark's Tough Guys and Drama Queens book, and a participant's guide. There's even questions at the end of each lesson to help provoke discussion in case you want to go through the course with your friends, neighbors, or church group. You can order the Tough Guys and Drama Queens curriculum series by visiting ParentingTeenResources.com. Number one on the never-ending list is, <laughs> I, I put down HH, the hovering helicopter. That's right, that's right. All right, number two. The performance-based relator. This is a form of communicating the idea that when your teen does something wrong, your love will end. Mm. Your kids want to know more than anything else that you will not only love them when they're doing well, 
but when they're struggling and maybe not doing so well. And I know of a number of kids that have told me, you know why I did bad? You know why I started acting inappropriately? Was to see if my parents would continue to love me at my worst. Mm -hmm. And so parents, you need to look at your kids and say, you know what? I'm not performance-based. There's nothing you can do to make me love you more. There's nothing you can do to make me love you less because kids hate the performance-based relater. All right, another one, and you've already confessed to this uh, on the program here today, the silent parent, the one that avoids conflict at at all costs. That's right. You know what? I mean, it's the idea. Let's just ignore it, and it will go away. (laughs) And I can guarantee you, you can't do that. My relationship with my wife would bear that out, Mm. that you can't ignore some things that need to be dealt with. With. And so to think that that all I'm going to do is enforce rules and we're going to live in our home and, and not deal with any hurtful attitudes or prideful things or conflict, you know, I'm not giving them the opportunity to grow up either or to learn from our mistakes or to share truth in the midst of a dark time when they really need it. All right. How about the, the parent who sets such high expectations for their teen? Their teen begins to resent that. That's right. The expectations are so out of reach that a child just ends up giving up. They say, I can't do this. You know, and, and that's a lot of these kids that, who are held up against the perfect brother or sister. It's It's somebody who's held up against the perfect sports athlete of a mom or dad, or maybe to the intelligence level of, uh, of, of somebody within the family that, that you're always saying you need to, to do the same as them. Well, you know what? Your child has been, has been formed with a bent, with a, with a kind of a, a movement in one particular way. And our job as parents is to say, how do I get behind that and help uh, magnify and strengthen my child in, in the way that they have been born, not to become something that perhaps they were never meant to be. We'll talk about more on this list a bit later in the program. There is one other thing I want to bring up. Now, I'm not sure what you would call this, but many years ago, I learned from uh, our friend Josh McDowell yeah. to count up the number of times you say no every day to your kids. Yeah. You know, yeah. it can really become excessive. Yeah, there's a movie that I saw not long ago. I can't remember any of it other than it's called The Yes Man. Yes, Jim and Carrey. Yeah. That's right. And somebody just starts saying yes to things rather than always saying no. Um, my dad looked at me and always said, why would you want to do that? And I go, well, why would you not want to do that? <laughs> you know, and I remember looking at my dad going, can't you just say yes sometimes? Mm. And, and he would always say no. Well, why? Don't ask me why. And I would think, you've got to be kidding me. There's got to be yeses. And so I took it the other direction. When I became a parent, I said yes to everything. (laughs) Which is a mistake, too. Which is, yeah. I mean, it's just as much a mistake as my dad made those mistakes. And so somewhere there's a balance in between those two. But when when you have a... A, the negative nag, the one that always says no and can always come up with a reason for something not to happen, I guarantee you, you are fueling your teen to move in a direction that says, you know what, I'm going to make some yeses out of my life regardless of what you say. The point today is not for us to identify every type of behavior that's out that's there. Right. The, the point that's is right. to get you asking yourself, what am I doing that is causing my kids to resent me? Yeah, is there something, is there something about me that just 
isn't doing everything right? Or is there something about me that could do some things better? And I have kids telling me all the time, I wish my parents would have done this. I wish they would have done that. They missed me on this. And I think it's important for parents to to sit back and say, you know what? I just need to look at what I'm doing as a parent to make sure that I am shifting my style of parenting along with the changing culture and the changing life that my child is going through so that I can accommodate them and help them meet the needs that they really are longing for me to meet. I think most kids are frustrated that parents don't do that. I think most rebellion, even though I don't justify a bit of it in the inappropriate behavior, most rebellion is for kids to gain freedom and to to make choices for themselves. And and the problem that we have as parents is maybe we haven't prepared our kids Hmm. to do that, and so we don't want to let them do it. The issue is not the choices for us. The issue is I want you to to, to be able to handle it when you do make choices. And if I haven't trained him to do that, then I can never give that to him, which is something my child's fighting for. We need to be thinking about this and asking ourselves those questions, but I do think it's helpful for us to identify some of the types of behavior. We, we talked about the negative parent and the right, hovering right. parent and the parent who sets high expectations. What's a couple of other categories? You know, I think a couple of those are the shielding parent, one who overly shields their child from the world. Um, the one that, and then when the teen finally has the freedom, they go wild. And we've seen a, a bunch of kids like this that, that just can't handle it. Or they, it's almost like they're never allowed sugar. And then all of a sudden on a certain date, they're given the opportunity, the mm-hmm. freedom. And because of that, you know, then they explode and they're just eating sugar like crazy. Now, I'm not telling you to feed your kids sugar, <laughs> but I mean, the the point is, is that we've slowly got to let out the rope rather than always feeling like we're shielding them from everything because our kids are being exposed to things. Their frustration more than anything else is they're not being prepared to live in the world that they're going to have to exist in. And so parents who shield them from that, kids are, are responding and rebelling, not because they want to do everything everything, but they want to know how to survive in that world. They want to have discussions. They, they, they want to have rules that give some freedom so that they can try their wings of all the stuff that they've learned. I mean, you can only learn so much until perhaps the student needs to get away from the teacher and experience hmm. some of that so that they can put into place what they have learned. I'm sure each parent listening today can add their own category of what we've talked about here today. I do want to get to an email, uh, one of hundreds that we receive here at Parenting Today's Teens. This parent says, we have a teenager that can't do what he's told. He flies off the handle, yells at us, calls us names, doesn't appreciate what we do for him. He has broken things, put holes in our walls. He tells us we have too many rules. We don't have any more rules than other parents, but he tells us we are the worst parents, and he blames us for his problems. Magical words, do you have any advice? <laughs> yes, you know, I mean, and it, and I would look at the scripture first. It says, before you look at the speck in somebody else's eye, look at the log in your own. And the question would be this, is there any truth to what your child is saying? That would be the first thing. And I say that not to put blame on you no. first, but you've always got to look and say, you know what? When you begin to realize that there may be something wrong with the way you're approaching things, it will flavor the way that you engage with your child so that it diffuses them in their anger from, from them having to yell and scream and punch holes in the walls and do all those crazy, inappropriate behaviors to get your attention. You've got a child that is mad and angry. 
and they are expressing it because they're not getting what they want. So the second question would be this, what does your child want? The third question would be this, how will you help get them to that point? Thanks for listening to Parenting Today's Teens. For more information, visit parentingtodaysteens.org. And to learn more about Heartlight, visit heartlightministries.org. If this podcast has been helpful to your family, please share it or give us a quick rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Of course, you can listen to Parenting Today's Teens wherever you listen to podcasts. Join us tomorrow for another great episode. We'll talk to you then.